Hey y'all, this is Momo Just Vibing and you just tuned into the Raw Soul Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here with me. Sit back, relax, and join me as I go on this journey of just letting some things off my chest. I hope this inspires you to think about some things in different ways. Start some conversations with your peoples. And at the end of the day, join me in getting some stuff off of your chest. Let's get right into it. What's up, what's up? It's Momo just vibing and welcome back to the Soul House. I'm so grateful you decided to pull up on me. Today's topic is about love. And I hope it broadens your horizon on love, your perspectives um, on love, because I finished the book by Bell Hooks, All About Love. And it definitely broadened my perspectives on how I viewed it and what it actually entails because it truly is more complex than it is portrayed to be such as in the media and stuff where it just seems very whimsical and and fantasy-like. But as we all know, it's a lot deeper than that. And this book um, by Bell Hooks definitely helped view it in that way and better understand how we can improve how we love ourselves and love others so with that being said I'm just going to dive right in and the book spoke on so many different aspects of what love entails and so many things that impact how we view love Um, so I definitely recommend everyone reading the book all about love by bell hooks but i'm just gonna go over a few things that really resonated with me um because over the last year with my own personal relationships and this is all relationships um whether it be family friendships or romantic um last year 2020 highlighted all of those for me um so this book as i finish it as i finish it this year in 2021 definitely helped me better reflect on everything that i experienced last year so with that being said i'm gonna first start by talking about how she introduced what the definition of love um you know, should be, and I don't want to use the word should because everyone's going to have their own personal um, touch on it, but this is a really good core foundation um, of what love should be, and she explained it, and I don't know if she coined the term um, or the definition, I think she got it from someone else, but it's saying that love is about nurturing the spiritual growth of yourself and another so this is extending yourself for the spiritual growth of yourself or another so touching on both self-love and the love we give to others and I really like that because like I said it's very simple but very profound and when we think about love generally I don't think we've ever gotten to that point where we definitely include the word growth and saying spiritual growth um, is even better and when we say spiritual growth we're not really necessarily talking about like a religious or faith-based growth where 
I see it personally as like a self-love journey. So spiritual growth is honestly moving you closer to loving yourself and, you know, being at peace with yourself while you're you're here on this earth. So when when I'm referring to spiritual growth, that's kind of what I'm centering it around, a self-love journey that every one of us is going on um, through our life. And if we think of our own self-love journey, we have to be able to extend that same framework to how we love others as well. Um, So that makes us really tap into how we love ourselves and if it's adequate enough to then extend to another. So that's why we always talk about loving yourself first um, and understanding what your needs are um, to better be able to you know, be a loving person to another. So with that being said, what makes love so difficult nowadays is because I personally believe people are not really tapped into self-growth and self-love. And we'll get deeper into self-love because of course that's a buzzword um, over these last few years, mental health and self-love. But the depth and complexity of self-love is not necessarily addressed appropriately. Um, So the belief that not a lot of people are in the place mentally and emotionally to nurture, you know, growth um, happens for a lot of reasons. So in our society, um, the book definitely talks about how our society has misguided us on what love truly is um, and how we have grown up to adjust to it and then, of course, express it to others. Um, because if we think about the world we live in and the society we live in, we definitely see how it lacks a lot of love Um our day-to-day lives of course we have where you might be surrounded by people that we love and get to do things that we love but at, in our society and our daily lives as a whole you know we see a, a lot less of love like we're not much we're not really in the community doing much well of course personally we may be but as a whole there seems like a lack of community around there's a lot of individualistic um mindsets that we embody in this society so a lot of us are not really seeing love portrayed genuinely in everyday life so that desire to nurture another one's self-growth and you know self-love comes few and far between and so when we move through life everyone adapts to a false self and this is a um, aspect that she addresses in the book the false self is being removed from our authentic self so we all put on what we may call a mask or put on um, you know a standard that helps us assimilate to a social group or a, a certain specific setting so when I say it removes us from our authentic self we're adapting to another one's standard so If we think about us going to work, we have to adapt that professionalism standard. If we are trying to be healthy, we adapt to a diet or um, a health standard. Um, If we are looking to maybe have fun in our life, we may adapt to a lifestyle standard. So we all do something that, you know, helps us adapt to our outside world. And she coined this as a false self and we're not going to make this seem, you know, negative because we all do it and it's hard not to, but the false self, we have to have awareness of how often we put that on and how often we, we put that 
into the world. So how often are other people portraying our false self? Um, Because when we sit in solitude and we get into our own self-love, we have to do that on our own, so to speak, but we have to realize how much the outside world has impacted or influenced the way you love yourself. So these false selves removes us from our ability to be authentic and our ability to like I said, nurture our own growth and nurture another's. So we have to definitely understand how often we see our false selves at the forefront of the way we act day to day. And with that being said, we keep the false selves on because it tends to make our life seamless. So we're able to move through, like I said, different environments easier whereas if we we were just our true authentic selves everywhere we went we might run into some more problems for example if you like to cuss at home and your true self is someone who's very vulgar you can't do that in most places outside of you know your own personal environment so situations like that we tend to keep our false selves on to avoid conflict and avoid avoid friction with the outside world and this help this begins to teach us that we have to maintain this you know for a large percentage of our day so if we're working we're going to be in contact with other people if we're with our family we might act a certain way whatever the case may be so this teaches us to only want to experience positive um because that's why we we act in certain ways because we don't want to um cause any conflict so this 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 attaches us to only positive experiences and making sure things are always peaceful so to speak but more so in the sense that we're trying to maintain a vibe at all times and this removes us from something that may be like I said very authentic or raw and this creates a fantasy so a lot of us live in a fantasy world or the world in general society is a is built off of a fantasy built off of of a standard and expectation so this help this then influences the way we love and the way we choose to love other people Um, because then we attach expectations and standards to ourselves and then others so like I said we can talk about this in all forms of love whether it's with family friends or you know, intimate partners, significant others. But the whole idea is that we walk around with standards and expectations for the way we interact with others or the way we commit or invest in others, because that's the way we, society has taught us that we have to be. Society has taught us that we have to be a certain way in order to be praised. We have to do certain things in order to get certain rewards. Um, So we operate on that basis um, day to day. And this makes it hard for each one of us to want to be ourselves um, everywhere we go because we just know that it it may not be well received. And so when we have that type of expectations that we start to put on others, we, we deny other people to be their authentic selves as well because we are carrying over that standard and those expectations to others too. And um, that's not love. So that's where we get into how we're loving each other. Holding expectations and standards to people is okay. But if we're not doing it with love and authenticity, it could be very, turn things into being very self-centered and superficial. Um, 
so some of us are not necessarily ready to do that work to to allow people to be themselves um, despite standards and expectations and when we move past expectations and standards we get into a more deeper intimate um, relationship and a lot of us in the most intimate of relationships are with you know significant others or partners that we choose to um, commit to and a lot of us avoid the lows and avoid the for worse part um, of intimate relationships so we know the phrase and that's spoken in marriage vows for better or for worse Um, it seems as though society tries to avoid the worst part of these commitments Um, we want things to be as easy as possible um, and we don't want to be vulnerable enough to go through those tough times with people and that's the part where we invest in that spiritual growth because everyone's self-love journey is going to endure some tough times some mistakes trials tribulations setbacks all those things and to have someone who loves you by your side through all of that is really important and it helps you you know remain in self-love more because you see others um, encouraging you to love yourself by growing through these hard times so that is a part of love that we're afraid to touch on is how much of a risk it is because if you know yourself and how hard it is to go through highs and lows to then go through that with another becomes a risk you know it it's hard to do that with yourself and then so then it's harder to extend that same love to another when they're going through a lot of lows or tough times because some of those lows and tough times end up as or you individually may become collateral collateral damage in someone else's lows so we see that in a lot in intimate relationships um where if someone is not operating at their best selves it usually means that they're not going to be able to love and care for that other person that they're in their relationship as well so we see that it might be hard to watch someone go through tough times because it usually means that we feel some of those tough times in a way that we may get hurt because of another person's actions so the fantasy that we have of love where people have a standard we see it all the time on social media where it has become where people are advertising themselves um, on social media hoping to you know get attention and find mates um, where people are basically seeking love on a surface level standard with the checklist like if this person has this this and this or looks like this this and this and does this this and this um that's what I'm looking for but that's very surface level that doesn't allow you the you know the chance to explore what this person highs and lows may be you're not really thinking about that you're just looking for the initial um attraction so to speak so that's how we've been taught to seek love nowadays is advertising ourselves whether it be you know the clothes we wear the things that we do like lifestyle wise um our jobs our level of success all those things are being advertised on social media um and people are hoping that others are seeing that and you know maintaining this um vision of them that you know essentially it could be a false self and hoping that people take that 
image of them and hopefully, you know, decide if they like it or not. So this idea of that lack of substance and the idea that even now self-love has been more so about self-centeredness and it when self-love is a lot deeper than that, um, we have to understand that self-love is about going through hard times and learning how to bring yourself out of those hard times. That's self-love, not necessarily all the, you know, the the treating yourself is okay and all those things, but that's, that's not, that's the very surface level piece of self-love. It's a lot deeper than that. So there's a lot of misguided um, narratives around love in general whether it's about ourselves or the love that we give to others so we have to get deeper into the kind of the rough parts of love and understand that there's a lot of risk in it and there's going to be a lot of low points that are opportunities for you to heal so when we get into true genuine love we have to understand that love is an opportunity for you to heal so when we're nurturing someone's spiritual growth we're understanding that that person is going to need healing and if we're committed and invested in allowing that person to get through those parts of that that need healing because intimate relationships force us to see ourselves past the past the false self so when we're being vulnerable and being our authentic selves with people that exposes our insecurities that exposes the things we need to work on that exposes the things that are just not so great about us and we have to allow other people to see those things because that's who we are and that gives us the opportunity to grow they give us feedback that how they respond to us says a lot so a lot of you know family members if you have disputes with family members that's an opportunity to to understand maybe some of the um, generational curses that your family goes through and an opportunity to heal from those if you have um, you know conflicts with friends and peers it gives you an opportunity to evaluate the way you may be viewing yourself and your self-esteem and same thing with intimate loving um, partners that you may seek out that also you know shows you where you may need to be healing on your self-love journey rather than you know investing all your love in another person it might be um, firing back to you what you need to um, heal as far as your self-love so all of these things in love are not always the as easy as it's portrayed and this book definitely helps you see it on a deeper level like I said she goes through so many aspects um, of how we're impacted by love even with like consumerism and how us just wanting things and wanting you know external gratification then taints the way we expect love from others as well we see it all the time with you know the women you know wanting money from men and wanting men that just gives them money all of that is based off a a capitalistic and consumerism lifestyle and it's dangerous so well dangerous in the in the terms of love and wanting to love other people and so I want to close out with how she spoke on the wounded child because a lot of this all begins with how we were taught um, as children what love is and how we should receive love and the way the patriarch is set up for all of us we're all um, influenced and impacted by the patriarch Um, this impacts the way that we've been taught to love so She states in the book, the wounded boy, their truth is silenced by the patriarchy and paternal sadism. So that's that young boys are told that that their truth, their emotions, their their true feelings are not as important as them being a man and just portraying that they have 
um, strong manhood. So uh, at a young age, the boy's true feelings are denied and the young girl is taught to deny her feelings in order to attract or appease another. So women are obviously more, um, are viewed to be more emotional and nurturing. So when we're taught that our that our feelings, um, to deny certain parts of our feelings in order to attract and appease another, we are then removed from our authentic selves as well. So we see on both sides how the man and the woman has taught to be um, removed from their authentic self or um, taught to distort their authentic selves in order to fit into certain spaces, that the root of that distorts the way that we love others. So... I hope all of that made sense. I hope you guys understood where I was coming from with those topics. Um, Like I said, this definitely made me reflect on all of my relationships um, last year in 2020 because there was um, a, a lot of opportunity for that because there was so much going on in the world and then that trickles down to, you know, people doing healing on their personal level. So... With that being said, thank you all for joining me. Once again, I'm forever grateful for you guys stopping by to listen and, you know, dive in on these topics with me. So until next time, keep it true.